leaders. We pose the problems of human beings in their relations with the world. Change. Liberation is a praxis of action, team flexion upon the world. Welcome to the pedagogy of the obsessed. We are here at our final episode for the season of Pedagogy of the Obsessed, and we are doing a retrospective. We're here with Adam Perrin-Sheffer, Jim Mercer, Adriana Chavarin-Lopez, and Shanna Peoples talking about how the season has gone. What have we learned from this adventure into the world of ed podcasting? Be careful when you're trying to be creative and do an assignment for one of your classes because it might actually turn into a thing. A thing that's heard all around the world. In all seriousness, what I'm thinking of is the level of outreach the project can have. Like here we did it, like Jim said, for the class and the messages that we recorded as part of the episodes are now reaching educators all around the world. It is. And people that you didn't even necessarily think would have a clue we exist. That's pretty neat to watch. It's also really cool to hear about school districts who might be using it as a point of discussion for their own professional learning. That's right. One of the realizations I had is in thinking forward about future leadership roles, like how powerful this is as a tool to reach an audience with the message that you want to convey. Wherever you're entering leadership, like how you can use this to move messages forward and and, and really uh, reach a lot of larger audiences. The thing that sticks out to me about podcasting is it's a completely different medium that brings in listeners and it brings them into almost a relationship because there is something about listening to people's voices and the fact that you can listen to it repeatedly. It's a different type of way of learning than maybe just watching a video or reading a book. So for me, it's required me to learn some different skills about storytelling and some different ways to present a message where it can be actionable even if somebody isn't seeing something in print. So our top episode is our episode on principal wellness. Mm -hmm. That struck a chord. What do y'all think? (laughs) There's a message. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. I think in terms of just like sustainability, that there's the fact that that job is very much done in isolation. I think it just kind of points out to the fact that as a school leader or as a district leader, that there's really a need for creating support networks and that people don't really want to make the time to to discuss. It kind of reminds me of there's a whole work of the messiness of the adaptive work that we do as leaders. And then talking about David Cohen, there's the whole like the, the relational component of that, that when you talk about school systems, you're talking about the technical parts of it, the instruction, the curriculum. But that really the part that we all miss, which is, you know, the reason why school systems really are not moving forward is that there's a whole relation component. You know, how are, how is it that you are building relationships with everyone across that system? Mm -hmm. And looking at the numbers on that one, Adriana brought up a topic that is just real and it kind of goes untalked about. And this is an opportunity for people to say, hey, there's actually other people that feel the same way. And, you know, maybe we do need to have these conversations or reimagine the role so that, you know, we can stay here longer uh, without burning ourselves out and getting physically sick. It's sort of like you buy a Toyota Camry 
<laughs> like you never noticed Toyota Camry's on the road before. And then all of a sudden you see them everywhere. And for me, that story's been one where since listening to that, the number of stories, the number of blog postings that have just come across my universe that I saw, I've been wondering, is this a Toyota Camry and it's just always been there and I just haven't been seeing it because I've been too busy and living it? Or is this also something that's bubbling up in a lot of places? Yeah. I think the other day when David, whose episode also deals with that, he talked about that there was a sense of guilt almost when you wanted to make time or you proposed making time to have a staff party or, and how in the business world, it's a given. Of course we have water with infused with acai berries, you know. Like hey, we had that at my school. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, well, I had a vending machine. It wasn't that fancy. But, uh, but just like, you know, there are budgets created for that. And in our schools, it, it's like the sense of guilt that if we take care of one another. I'm not surprised that wellness resonates with our listeners and uh, especially school leaders who are listening to this because they're often the ones we don't think about as being in need of wellness initiatives. For me, I'm particularly proud of that episode. You know, I think that all credit to Adriana for uh, initially bringing that to our consciousness. Just learn about this company today that it's a remote company, but they're so concerned about the connections for people is that on your first day, you get your computer in a box, you get a $500 stipend to set up your home office and make it comfortable. And then every month they give you $100 to go out with other people in the company at some point and like grab a coffee, grab a lunch, because they're like, we want you to have these relational things happen. And we think of it as part of your job. That's, that's a fantastic idea. Any episodes stand out to you that were a treat to hear again or you heard differently? Listening to the how do we grow the early childhood workforce. Thanks, Anna, for bringing that topic up. This semester, I took classes with Jack Shankoff and then also with, with Tom Hare. And those two classes that deal with the science behind, you know, early childhood education and brain development, but then also with Tom Hare's inclusion and the importance of inclusion, listening to the fact that why is it that our systems do not invest more resources and more attention into that particular component? This podcast was there to bring awareness to... One of my favorite episodes was the episode with Sin Rosario. It dealt with social emotional learning and culturally relevant pedagogy, both within the school that she founded and also in other schools within the Bronx. And um, even she even touched on the point of view from um, a college professor. We speak about these things as if it's just an understanding that it goes on. Like it's some, um, oh yeah, we, we do that. Like check it off. You know, it's a checkbox and oh yeah, we got that. We're, we're definitely culturally you know, responsive, you know, or relevant. And well, yeah, we do SEL. But the reality is, and, and this is something that we uncovered in our research last year, there are as many definitions of both things as there are schools. Since Peace was so tightly focused on one community, and I thought that provided such strength to go deep with this one issue in one place. And another one that spoke to me in a similar way that, as you mentioned earlier, was David's. He brings you to the feelings of that community processing. I just think it's extremely powerful. And it's real. Like, that is going on in so many places. We're talking about school closings again in Chicago. What that actually means for people who are sitting there in schools, having built these communities, having been a part of these communities, it makes me think back to Eve Ewing, who's from Chicago, who is an alum. Her whole work was on the impact of school. I don't know how you can not listen to that piece and then want to do something different. So Shanna, what do you think? <laughs> 
I don't have just one favorite episode. I have like a couple of favorite episodes. I really enjoyed Carrie's and Lance's look at the teacher pipeline and teacher supply issues. And I liked it because of the way that it deepened the conversation and it brought in perspectives that we don't typically hear in podcasts. A lot of times you hear anytime a podcast is talking about teachers, it's a very one-sided, almost cliched view of that. But the way that both of them approached it, I think is, is just with such a rich uh, conversation. Is there anything as you think about the different episodes over the course of this season what surprised you or what did you learn listening to your colleagues, listening to the narrative arc, any themes that surfaced? One of the uh, the themes that's woven throughout is the role of leadership in all of these initiatives and all of the things that each of us are individually passionate about. And then being willing and able you know, to adapt to the needs of your particular school community to make sure that the people really have what they need. And Shanna, what do you think? For me, one of the things that sticks out is the, the way that we look at equity in a way that feels very grounded in actual practice. And for me, that is something to be especially proud of because I think there's still so much misunderstanding or misconception around what that means. And every episode gave listeners a way into equity. Especially in this day of, you know, cookie cutter equity programs and equity is being put into everything. And are there ways that you can do it that feel real and aren't just the billboard flavor of the month? Exactly. Where it isn't just something that you check off on a list, but something that you actually work into your practice. There is a lot of leadership, the role of leadership in a lot of these topics. And I would also say that what was interesting too is how do you grow leadership, but also how do you grow the teaching force? When you listen to all of these episodes, there's definite a sense of worry on your part about who's going to take the work forward along with us. It's not easy topics. When you look at all of the themes that we've covered, race and equity, sustainability, social, emotional health. Those are all courageous conversations that that are occurring. And sometimes they turn out well, and sometimes they don't. I think if it wasn't for the fact that there's also this through line of hope. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like there's some tough stuff that we have here, which I think if that were all that was to the story, we wouldn't have anybody listen to us except for uh, maybe Jim's sister, (laughs) 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 Who who shares every single episode. That's right. That's right. She's got our backs. Yeah, she does. <laughs> if I don't have it, if I only have one fan, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> one of our goals when we first started all of this was that we were going to bring and tell the stories that aren't told, to tell the stories people aren't used to hearing. Give us a grade. And you know, I don't believe in grades. That's number one. <laughs> you and me both. Be, I think we both struggle with that. It's going to be hard for me. But you know what? I give us an A because we didn't really have a a course in this and we've sort of together learned how to do that so for me it's all about effort and it's all about learning it's been just a wonderful and deep learning experience in the spirit of liz city i think i have to give us an a and i say that because this was uncharted territory for us I'm going to go with an A as well. I'll join Jim in a lot of the points he made. I also think that the fact that we are engaging in topics that really are not spoken about within school systems, and the fact that we were able to get some pretty big names already in this first season to 
come and join our podcast. I think what it's doing, and I'm going to go into a little bit of the preview of the second season. Excellent. Doing <laughs> is that as we're sharing the podcast, it's becoming very easy now to call people that otherwise I would have been hesitant or I would have been like, no, they don't really want to do this project. You know, like it's this little tiny project. But because I think the word is getting out there about this podcast and they're realizing that these are courageous topics, they want to be a part of it. And so I'm finding that it's really easy now that when you email someone and say, hey, would you like to be part of a podcast? It's, I'm not getting any no's. I'm getting all yeses. So I'm excited to be able to share you know, what we have in the lineup. Let's talk a little bit more. We have committed to a second season here. What things can the listeners expect? Now I'm working on two podcasts. And uh, the first one is going to deal with special education, and specifically inclusion. The other one is uh, continuing with the role of, of leadership is interviewing Professor Scott Snook from the Harvard Business School talking to him from a business perspective in terms of the development of a leader. Adam's trying to force me to right. uh, to get back out my microphone and work with a new superintendent of a large urban district in talking about the challenges that a superintendent faces going into such a large massive system with so many uh you know so many things that need to be addressed and like just how you even prioritize the big rocks as we call them. And what I like about that is another colleague is looking to connect with a superintendent who's ending a very long tenure and to be able to pair both the episodes of, you know, someone just new to the job and someone who's looking at it from the point of having done it for a decade. The other thing that I'm really excited about that's coming forward is we always said that the goal is to upend some of the things that we know about narrative and about these sorts of storytelling features. And we're giving up the the, the storytelling seat that we have some colleagues from other cohorts of the program that are, have started creating stories this year and are going to be featured and going to take on the role of interviewer and expand not only just the stories being told, but whose voices are, are curating the stories. I have a couple of episodes that I'm particularly proud of. Both of the guests couldn't be more different as far as the kind of work they do. Uh, one of them is the former Secretary of Education, Arnie Duncan, and we talk a little bit about his new book, uh, How Schools Work, and particularly his focus on guns and schools. The other one that I'm proud of, and that's with uh, New York City Principal Nadia Lopez, who is um, just really wonderful in the way that she thinks about making a welcoming climate for students who have had a lot of trouble learning to even like themselves. So for the audience there, we got, we got a couple of asks for you as we close up here. The first is to know that we are going to be on a little break. Season two is anticipated to start in February. We hope you'll join us then. That gives us some time to recoup as well as uh, do the editing. We're working on our sustainability as leaders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll bear with us while we're, we're, we're off the grid here for the bit. In that time period, though, we would love for you to review us on iTunes for all podcasts. That's our bread and butter. and connect with us. We're available on Twitter. 
you can reach out to us, especially those of you who are not in the Cambridge area. We'd love to learn more about our fans and people who are interested in the work, suggest stories, help be a part of this conversation as well. One more thing. I just want to give a public shout out to my nephew, the almighty GP. That's his producer name. Yeah. You know, for our uh, intro and outro to our podcast. I love the way that, that comes in. I, I just think it's cool. It, it really captures who we are and you know, what Pedagogy of the Obsessed is all about. So shout out to you, almighty GP, student at Kent State University. It is awesome. So if you also want to give a shout out to uh, Jim's nephew, you can reach us at on Twitter at Pedagogy Podcast. You can connect to us on the iTunes app. Any last words as people go into the new year here? Only last thoughts I can think of is that I'm really looking forward to to sharing the next round of stories with our audience. And if they have any ideas, actually, of topics that they would like to, to hear about, then they, you know, also communicate with us. And, you know, I, I hey, we like interacting with our fans. So if you happen to be in the Cambridge area, you know, give us a, enough lead time. We'd love to grab a coffee with you. I also want to give a shout out to our first fan that reached out to us interested in talking about their work in schools, Dr. TK Murray at poly underscore math, who connected with us on Twitter and has some interesting things going on. We're going to be continuing that conversation and encourage other people who get your story out there. That's that's the way that we change things. Shanna, bless us with your wisdom. I just want to express gratitude to you, Adam, and to Jim and Adriana, because this has been really a wonderful experience. It's something I'm very proud of and I love that it is a product that goes up and out of here and makes the learning that we do here accessible to anybody that wants to download it from iTunes. And I hope as people listen to it that they feel validated and I hope that they feel motivated to go out there and make the world a better place for the most vulnerable people among us, which is our children. We pose the problems of human beings in their relations with the world. Knowledge emerges only through invention and reinvention. Through the restless and patient continuing, hopeful inquiry human beings pursue in the world, with the world, and with each other. The solution is not to integrate them into the structure of oppression, but to transform that structure so that they become beings for themselves. Liberation is a practice of action and reflection on the world.